0: You um, can find it in Genesis 2. And friendship is this answer to one of our deepest needs. Um, so to kind of set you uh, context, if you're unfamiliar and haven't read the first three chapters of your Bible, God created the heavens and the earth. And he also created man. And he creates man, Adam. And Adam is alone. And so God says, all right, well, name the animals, look at the animals, see if there's anyone that could be you know, a friend, a companion for you. Adam goes through all the animals, gives them lovely names, and not one. So God says, um, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. So the first man gets the first surgery. God puts him to sleep, takes a rib, makes a woman. Great improvement on man. And um, then He wakes up, and all of a sudden, Adam's got a friend. Now, they are husband and wife, and they go on, populate the earth. That's great. Um, That's not necessarily a a need for every friend. Um, But we see here, he he created a friend for Adam who was lonely. This need of companion, of of a companion. God provided in that. And um, as we see, God created us to be with others, Because when he created Adam by himself, he realized, he didn't realize, he knew. There needs to be someone, there needs to be more than just this one person. we were not made to be alone. And so if we are alone, we're never going to reach the full potential that God has for us. But even though this is biblical, friendships are needed. And we need to be in this community of friends. We have to be wise with who we put around us. So... That's where we see other scripture leaning in on this. See, our friendships help shape who we are. And there's the good ways. Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. So you probably have heard this. You've probably seen it on a t-shirt for like a guy's camp or something like that. Guys really, we like this a lot because it's got, it says iron. And that just like, we connect that with heavyweight, And I guess that means masculine. But for real, this is really important. Iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. We have the ability as friends to look at another person made of the same material as us, saying, Okay, this part of your life is not falling in with where God wants you to be. And I know that. And I'm going to call that out. And you call that out in me. And we are going to together sharpen each other. And that can make us move forward positively to look more like Christ in our lives. It's a beautiful thing. And maybe most of you have experienced that. But. Also, friends can shape us in a negative way, pulling us further away from Christ. And Paul tells us that in 1 Corinthians 15 do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. So, obviously, uh, we don't need to put ourselves in a holy huddle. We've talked about that just a couple weeks ago. We don't just close ourselves off from the world. I mean, Christ himself was a friend of sinners, right? So, how do we do this? Well, The thing is, we only have to really apply this filter to the deep friends who are influential in our life. And so that's why I think it's also important tonight that we define what a friend is. So, some of us, extroverts like myself, um, will probably tell you, (laughs) like, if you asked us, how many friends do you think you have? You know, I'd, I'd tell you, well, gosh, I mean, I've got like a thousand on Facebook. So we'll start with that. And then, you know, I made eye contact with about six more people today and smiled. And they smiled back. So there's six more. So we're at 1,006. And then we'll just keep going every day, right? And then it's like, well, that's a friend. If, you know, if we, look, if we make eye contact, we're a friend. But then there's other people like my wife, who's uh, way more <laughs> smart and, you know, conservative and wise. And she would say... Um, I'm going to give it some time. You know, we can hang out. We can get to know each other. But I'm not really going to call you a friend until, like, I know we're, like, you know, we're vibing. We're on the same uh, goal path, like, path for our goals in life. And I want to invest and spend time with you. And that kind of more uh, conservative view of friend is what I want to talk about tonight. So when I say friend, I'm talking about a deep friend, friends that we are close with. Not many and shallow, but few and deep. Jesus gives us some enlightenment on how this kind of friendship looks when he describes how he is friends with us. In John 15, we can read that you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you my friends. For all that the Father has made known to me, I have made known to you. So just take a second. And realize Jesus, who we know as God in flesh, is telling us that he doesn't see us as his servants. He doesn't see us as his acquaintances. We're not the guy or girl he sits next to in math class, maybe asks for the answers every now and again. You know, we'll say hey if we see him at lunch. That's not at all what Jesus is talking about. He's saying we're friends in the deepest form of friendship possible. And the picture that he paints here with this context is that... um, We're being close friends. We're being secret keepers. Meaning, us friends, we're the ones who know things about each other that no one else does. Um, Friends like this, they're the ones, as Tim has said before, that we share the last 10% with. And um, I wish I could take credit for that. And he probably has someone he learned it from. But hang on to that. Because that's the concept I want you to understand. Is that when we talk about friends, they're the friends we go, we give our last 10%. And I know (laughs) some of you may be able to tell me like, yeah, I overshare. I share like 95% of myself and then I really only hold 5% back. And some of you may be like, good luck getting more than 60% from me, boss man. And I'll be like, okay. So yes, it's not an exact 10%, but the idea is that we are going to share um, the last little bit that we have to go 100% vulnerable with these close friends. And that brings me to a question I have for you guys. Um, I want to do a quick little poll and also a little side note. uh, As the thunder I hear it rumbling. I'm going to keep my phone out. If there is a uh, tornado warning, we will shuffle, okay? Um, But don't worry. We're keeping an eye on it. We got a weather radio. We got guys in the back keeping you safe. So Um, I have a question for you. Middle schoolers, first question's for you when it comes to these close friends, these deep friends, right, if you understand the difference here that I'm talking about, how many of you, by show of hands, would say you currently have a or multiple of these friends right now? Okay. Okay. I'm seeing most hands. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay. Don't worry. They're... There are people out there. There's opportunity. Okay, that's good. Thank you guys for answering. High schoolers, same question for you. Show of hands, how many of you have a friend or multiple friends that you say I can go deep with? If I were to need a biography written about me, I would say go to this person. They'll tell you all about it. Show me your hands if you've got someone. Okay, that's great. Okay, so high schoolers, I have one last question for you. Stay with me. Those of you who do have those friends right now, how many, of you, um, how many of you have had any change in who those people are, whether it be a change in the group or the individual or whatever? How many of you have had a difference between those friends you had in middle school versus the ones you currently have in high school? Go ahead, and, if that makes sense. Go ahead and raise your hand. Okay, so your deep friends have changed. They're not the same exact people who they were a couple years ago, right? And I think this is important for us to see, especially middle schoolers, for you guys to see, because we don't often think that things are going to change very much going from middle school to high school. For some of us, it's just going a block down the street. I didn't think so either, because when I went to middle school, if you can see that, there you go, um, I know the beard, there's no beard here. I'm the one on the right, so the height should give that away. Um, so when I was in eighth grade, I made friends with a guy, um, who really changed my perspective on how to live out my faith in school. Um, he encouraged me and pushed me to pray with people at school around me to talk to other people who maybe didn't believe the same thing I did and actually have a conversation instead of exclude them just because they didn't go to church. And the guy was a close friend. I mean, we would we'd start to go, um, to like Lecrae concerts together, and I realized very quickly, a standing room only Lecrae concert is not a place for a, a short guy like myself, so very hard to enjoy that, um, but then, you know, we'd have like, you know, go to church events together, or we'd go to, um, we'd go, we go to his house and play Call of Duty till 3 a.m. It was great, like, we were close, we were doing stuff like that, um, but then all of a sudden, by the time I got to my, like my junior year of high school, I realized this guy, I didn't really talk to him anymore. Like I saw him, we had a couple classes together, um, but I didn't really like, I would never on earth like think, oh, let me just ask to come over to his house and play video games. Like that felt strange. And then by the time I graduated my senior year, I remember thinking, yeah, I wonder if I'll ever talk to this guy again. And you know, I, I felt like I had lost something that I had had when I had a friend so close in middle school, but then so kind of on the outskirts in high school. And um, maybe this is something you high schoolers, obviously those who raise your hand, maybe you can relate to that. And middle schoolers, maybe even you guys can relate to that in the transitions you guys have had in your life already. Um. So my question that I'm trying to tackle tonight is, how do we make sense of this? If we know that we need deep friends, if we know that God has created us to be with deep friends, but we know that those deep friends aren't always the people who are going to stay our deep friends for every chapter of life, how do we make sense of that? And so I want to share with you some wisdom that I've learned, not that I have like, come out knowing, um, I've learned through trial and error. It has made all the difference in the world when it comes to understanding my friendships. So I believe God has provided us with both seasonal and steadfast friends. Um, so we have both in our life and we'll have both hopefully in every season. Um, but the difference here is that I think he's given us these seasonal friends that are attached to one season of our life. Like, where we go to school, where we go to work, what classes we're in, even down to that, or, or just where we live, um, what street we're on, our neighbors. And then I think he's given us steadfast friends who remain close throughout multiple seasons of life. Um, I know we love to rank things, and we love to think that, okay, well, steadfast you know, seasonal's great, but steadfast, I mean, steadfast. Who would not want to be the steadfast friend? I mean, you know. Um, I, I really want to encourage you not to think of it that way. Um, the steadfast friends may have more opportunity to speak into the deeper parts of our life easier because they've seen more of our life. Maybe they were, like my friend, with us since second grade. But that doesn't mean that they're always going to be there. I mean, nine times out of ten, you are not going to do everything with your closest friend for the rest of your life. Um, contrary to what some of the Disney movies will tell you, um, you will not. Sorry, I'm getting over a thing, so I'm going to have to sip every now and again <clears throat> and cough. But <clears throat> what do we do? What do we do when those steadfast friends that we're used to being close with are not able to surround us where we live? What do we do when you know we move uh, even just... To another town or something like that. Well, do you remember my best friend from second grade? Um, Was well, yeah. Here we go. Can you guys see that? There you go. His hair grew a lot in life. Um, but believe it or not, even though we were best friends in second grade, we didn't stay close uh, or stay on top of each other's text and call list the entire time. We did stay close. I'm sorry, but we didn't stay each other's best friends for our entire lives. See, in this picture, he and I are having a great time. We're doing our little uh, post-high school graduation road trip. We thought we were blazing trails, you know, road tripping across the U.S., proud patriots, I guess. I'm very, Sorry, That's a, if you want a funny story, come ask me about my journal I kept during this trip. Very patriotic. But um, <clears throat> after this... Things changed dramatically. We went from like always calling each other, always having plans on the calendar, to I moved to a different state to go to school. (laughs) This homeboy went ahead and moved to the Philippines (laughs) to do missionary training. So all of a sudden we went from 12 minutes away, our houses, to like 12 hours difference in time zone on the other side of the planet. And I didn't really know how to deal with that. I was not prepared for that transition. Because he had been my closest, bestest friend. And I remember I tried to hold on very, very um, closely to what we had had. And I remember even though I was at school, I'd try to call him and be like, yo, Mark, man, I got a crush. Or, you know, hey, I got, you know, I've, got, uh, you know, I've got this going on in my life, man. I, uh, and then I tried to update him. But at best, we'd be able to talk once a week. So, like, that wasn't happening. And then I remember at one point even getting to the point where he called me and um, he had had a group of friends that he got really close with. Um, Believe it or not, being in a country where you're one of six people in your group that speak English and uh, no one else around you does, really helps you get close to those people. Um, So he had gotten really close really fast to his people. And I remember him calling me on the phone and telling me about this awesome movement of God that he had seen in his group. And he had seen that um, they had led worship for a group of people speaking another language, even just through translators and just the music alone, and seen God move. And he was telling me how much that had moved him and moved him closer to Christ. And while he was telling me this, what would a good friend do? That's incredible, man. Oh, I'm so happy for you. That is glory to God. Um, No, I, I was upset. I was a jealous, jealous friend. The whole time he was telling me about this, all I could do is think about, huh, that should have been me over there having that awesome opportunity with you. You know, that should have been me encountering God with you. And to make things worse, one of his new closest friends was also named Ben. So I'm also thinking, am I Ben one or am I Ben two now? I don't know where I fall. Um, And I overshadowed this entire huge move of God in his life with jealousy and this Dumb stuff like that. But I think that's how most of us can feel when we don't know how to handle the difference between our seasonal and our steadfast friends, right? When we don't know how to tell the difference between a friend if they are not the person who's always there or not the person in our season like they used to be, but we expect them to be, um, it really leads to a lot of confusion, But as God began to fill my life, to continue this story, with new friends for the new season I was in, I began to see the importance of having a seasonal and steadfast perspective just as he provided that new season of seasonal friends for my friend, he also provided new seasonal friends for me. And these are some of those friends from college. I know, I hear snickers. I'm assuming it's because you see that I only make friends with people who are a foot plus taller than me. Um... I call it the bodyguard strategy. So wherever I walk, I can be fully encased in human beings, and I look important. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So um, these guys, though, um, stepped into my life, and I went from being jealous that my other friend that I was leaning on was having these great opportunities to now I'm starting to have inside jokes with these guys who are around me. I'm starting to get to know their families. I'm starting to get to know what's going well for them, what girls they have a crush on. They know what girls and I have a crush on. And they like all of a sudden start sharing deeper things, their struggles, their sin struggles, their struggles with believing things, their doubts in their faith. And I get to do the same. And before I know it, I'm closer with these guys at that point in my life than I was with my friend Mark at that time. And the wisdom that was imparted to me by other people and learning through this step was um, seeing that each friend has a role, right? Um, see, when we see the need for both steadfast and seasonal friends, like I had these season, new seasonal friends in my life in college, but I still had my steadfast friend in Mark who I could still talk to, um, my perspective was able to change. Because we see the need for both, we can be hopeful in God's ability to provide deep friends in the midst of a new season. And when we know and are aware that we are transitioning to a new season, we're stepping out of something, stepping into something else, we can know, God, you are going to provide friends. Because guess what? Every steadfast friend you aim to have in life started off as a seasonal friend. I don't think any of us were born, like, straight out of the womb. Well, that's my friend, so... We came out, and we just hit it off in the hospital. I don't think anyone's got that story. If so, please come tell me. Um, But when we also keep perspective of why seasonal and steadfast friends are important, we can be thankful for the season we had instead of kind of blaming ourselves or blaming them when we're not as close as before. I saw this with my friend, I was blaming him at times because I was saying, man, you're not calling me. Why aren't you calling me? And it's like, you know, like, <laughs> it was like we were married. You know, it's like, you're not calling me, man. I don't, I can't stay up to, up to date on your life. And I was blaming him. I was trying to blame him for our, for our difference in friendship. And then whenever I'd miss his call, I immediately blame myself and say, well, you just blew it, Harwood. Now he's never going to call you again. Um, and that just wasn't the place where God wanted me to be. And finally, when we see God's design for both seasonal and steadfast friends, we can be joyful instead of jealous, just like I described. Instead of being jealous of the good things happening to our friends and the new friends that they get to come in contact with, we can be joyful and celebrate the way God continues to grow us, even though we may not be in the same location. So, excuse me. Let me make sure my next slide. Yeah, okay, sorry. (laughs) I got to make sure that was up next. Um, (laughs) Don't worry, you'll see it. Um, And what's cool is, even though I didn't have this perspective going from high school to college where this big transition happened, God was able to show me the importance of this in switching from college to here in Topeka. So the lessons I learned helped me joyfully embrace the next transition from college instead of kind of being resentful about it. And those guys I was close with, those really tall giants, um, they're still super close friends, but now they've transitioned to steadfast friends in my life instead of my current seasonal friends. Um, But that's a great thing because when we allow that to happen and see how God does that, he opens up the room for us to have new seasonal friends and we can celebrate that. And that brings me to this point, which is some of these guys are my closest seasonal friends here in Topeka. If you can't see, that's Ryan, Spencer, and Liam. Um, And these guys, I need them in my life. I love my college friends. I love my friend Mark from second grade. But if I need someone to look at my daily life and keep me accountable to how I'm living up to uh, how Christ wants me to live— they're not going to be able to do that. I mean, we may be able to call like once a week at best. So I, I can't say, what do you see in my life that you need to call out? How are you going to sharpen me, as Proverbs calls us to do, right? How are you going to do that? It's going to be very difficult. But thankfully, this season that I'm in, um, I am still surrounded by close friends. And hopefully, fingers crossed, wherever you are, Ryan, we stay steadfast friends whenever our seasons have to change again. But I'm just going to hold on to that hope. Um, so, as we navigate the changing seasons of friends in our lives, I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you to trust God that he has a purpose for every deep friend that he leads into your life. No matter how short or how long those friends are in your life, he has a purpose for it whether they only be in for the next couple months, some of you middle schoolers, some of you high schoolers who are going out of here, um, or whether they're in your life for the next couple years, if you're like a freshman in high school, and you don't, you know, hopefully maybe your friends will stay the same for the next 10 years. Who knows? Uh, but however long, when we trust that God has a purpose for all these deep friendships, we're able to be more hopeful, more hopeful, Be more thankful and be more joyful instead of resentful when times need to change. So I want to ask you to pray with me and we'll close our time together. God, as we start the conversation on friendship this week and look at how you've designed us for community, I ask that you would work in our hearts. Would you help us see that... uh, even though change might be scary, whenever it comes and whenever um, things that are currently the, uh, standing aren't standing anymore or don't look the same, that doesn't mean you've left us. That doesn't mean that your presence has left a friendship. But God, would you just lead us and guide us in how to navigate those changes in friends? Would you guide us in who we can go deep with? Whether it be right now, we don't have anyone or, or, or we need someone else that's A better influence and not a negative influence on us. God, would you show us those people? God, for those of us who have been trying, maybe we weren't able to raise our hand because we don't have someone deep, but we desperately want someone to go deep with, a friend that can can be that iron to sharpen us. Lord, I ask that you would provide that. God, may we lean into you and and know in faith that you have made us uh, to be in community with others. And you are faithful to provide that. But we love you. And we're grateful for um, how you've created us, how you've wired us, and um, the friends you've allowed us to be and the friends you've allowed us to have. Um, Father, we pray all of this in your mighty name. Amen. All right. You guys are free to go to community groups and you continue the conversation of friends in your lives.